0: Welcome to the Bible Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Kelly, and I'm here to help you understand what you just read in the Bible. Hello, and welcome to episode one. I'm so excited for you to join me. Um, If you've done the reading, it should have been Genesis chapters 1 through 11 and chapter in Job chapters 1 through 16, or if you haven't done the reading, that's what this episode covers. I'm super excited to have you come along with me. We are going to have a lot of fun, see a lot of cool facts, and kind of go over some of the thoughts that I personally have when I read these verses. So uh, first off, the reading takes place, the timeline. I'm going to try to give a timeline to everybody for everything that we read. Uh, This is a general consensus among scholars So some dates may not be as specific as others, and if you see that, feel free to point it out. Uh, We can talk about it, but this is just a general timeline. So Genesis chapter 1 all the way through Job chapter 16 uh, takes place somewhere between, obviously, the beginning of time and about 2100 or before 2100 BC. A few notes about the creation, so just the very first chapter we I think it's cool that we as humans were not create we were the last of the creation right and women specifically were the very last creation so we are like the pinnacle the chef's kiss the if you will and as a girl that just I don't know for some reason that just makes me feel special I don't know maybe it's just me but hopefully you feel special too, all of you and men thanks for going first we know it's a rough ride out there sometimes So I always thought that was cool. The other thing I think is really interesting, too, is that we see how God not only creates the universe, but he literally sets up a program that we still kind of use to this day, even in, you know, thousands of years later. And that is he worked for six days and then he rested on the seventh day. Now, the Jews still use their Sabbath day on a Saturday, which would have been the seventh day of the week, which is exactly what God did. Christians came and changed their Sabbath day to Sunday because that is when Jesus rose from the grave. So Christians changed it. And when we get into Paul, which, by the way, is not going to be for a very long time, because believe it or not, the Old Testament is so much longer than the New Testament. You don't really realize that until you start to get into the reading. But uh, when we get to the New Testament, we'll discuss Sabbaths and which day is the right day and all of that. And uh, quick answer there's not one. But. Christians celebrate on Sunday because that's when Jesus rose. Jews, and I honestly don't know about other religions, but the others celebrate, at least the Jews celebrated it on Saturday and still do. I think it starts like Friday night till Saturday night. I think that that's kind of cool that almost all of society still kind of practices that and follows that. For the first story, I think where we get to finally, God creates all the universe and then we drill in and we see Adam and Eve and I think that it's it's always been a note that I always like to make and again it could be because I'm a woman, I don't know, but I find it interesting that chapter 2 verse 15 God tells Adam about not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and Eve is nowhere to be found cuz she's not created till verse 18. It doesn't really change anything because obviously Adam told Eve and we see that, but I just find it interesting Like Adam forgot that he told Eve. But before we get to the, let's just throw her under the bus that we're going to do in a few verses, I think it is super sweet and super romantic that after God creates Eve, Adam bursts into this most spontaneous love poem. And I just think that's super sweet. And men, if that's you, don't let anyone come after you for that. If Adam did it, you can do it. And I think that's super sweet. You should tell your woman how much you love her and adore her and think she's the best thing ever especially on days when she may not be feeling it. Uh, I personally am single, so I don't have that in my life, but um, yeah, it'd be nice if it happened. Sorry, dad. The next thing that we see, of course, Adam and Eve are kicked out of the garden. Everybody gets in trouble. Oh, The one thing I find super, so the final interesting thing before we're kicked out of the garden is that the serpent comes and talks to Eve and there is no notation anywhere at any time that Eve was surprised that an animal was talking to her. I just find that weird. I think, did the animals talk in the garden? I mean, it's very possible that they did. There's no mention of it. There's no, nobody knows for sure, obviously, but I just find that super interesting I know personally, though, if one of my dogs talked to me, I'd probably faint. Because, oh, of course, they'd probably also tell me, "Mom, you gotta feed me." "Mom, you gotta feed me." "Mom, you gotta feed me." Mine is all about food. Now we have a little, another little Chihuahua named Emmy and she wants to play toys so to my dad she'd be like play toys with me play toys with me play toys with me and then we have a great dane greyhound named dirk who's actually my sister's dog but he lives with us and he is (laughs) he is a, a gentleman and uh quite judgy so he would be like seriously kelly that's how you're gonna do this that's where you're going with this Ugh, so disappointing and quite frankly, I could do without his judgment. So, I don't know that I want the animals to talk. But anyway, I do find that interesting. So, past all that, kicked out of the garden. Because, you know, you done messed up, A.A. A. Ron. Kicked out of the garden. And the next thing that we see is that, oh yeah, <laughs> Cable's getting ready to murder his brother. And I find it interesting because instead of Cain going, gee, I should probably step up my game and give God my first fruits like my brother did. Instead, he's like, you know what? I'm just going to kill the guy because how dare he make me look bad in front of God. And so he ups and kills him. I'm like, "I, I don't know about you, but that sounds like a very dumb reason to murder somebody. But I don't know. I wasn't there. Still think it's dumb, though. And the sass, the sass and the audacity that Cain has against God at this point. And God's like, hey, where's your brother? And He's like, am I my brother's keeper? I was like yes ho you are I'm like what happened to your brother as if God doesn't already know you will find God never asks a question he doesn't know kind of like your parents anytime they asked you a question oh they knew they knew they were just going to see if you're going to tell the truth or not help your punishment but some of us kids weren't the brightest and so we tried to lie except for me because I can't lie and I always did lies of omission. My parents always knew when I was lying because I I couldn't look at them and I wouldn't say anything. I'm still a terrible liar. Please do not commit crimes around me. P.S. Everybody in my family knows this, so I might as well tell you. Do not commit crimes around me. I will unfortunately tell the cops and it won't take much for me to spill my guts. All the cop has to say is, Kelly, did you do this? And I'll be like, no. And he'll go, Kelly, did you do this? Yes. Yes, I did. And here are all the details. So, Sorry, but you can't commit crimes around me. So, Cain is really glad that he did not commit his murder around me because I would have told on him in a heartbeat. But alas, God's like, that is not cool. That is not okay. You are out and you are cursed, and it's not going to go well for you. And of course, Cain, who has still, still to this moment, does not regret killing his brother, he just regrets being caught. It's like, oh, that's too much of a punishment. You can't do that to me. And God's like, you killed your brother. And he goes, but I won't have them kill you because, you know, killing each other ain't going to fix this situation. So he's like, I'm going to put a mark on you. You're not going to be able to be killed. If they do, they're going to have a worse punishment. And nobody wants a worse punishment than you. I mean, how's that bad for a punishment? The people would rather not touch Cain than have to deal with the punishment that God would give them. Just saying. Anyway, so Cain goes off and he finds himself a wife. Now, who's Cain's wife? This is a big question. A lot of scholars have thought about it. There's a lot of good answers out there. The one that makes the most sense to me based upon scripture is that this was either a sister or a niece. And the reason that I think that and the reason that I think that's the best answer or explanation is is that we do not know when Cain killed Abel. Um, They could have been upwards to 130 years. And we know that in chapter 5, verse 4, says that Adam and Eve had several children that weren't named. Now, do I think that's kind of gross? You bet I do. But we are talking about the beginning of the world when things weren't that way. And before Moses and God gave Moses the laws, it wasn't illegal. In fact, we have Abraham, whose wife Sarah that we know of was actually his half-sister. That's the explanation that makes the most sense to me, but feel free to do your own research and see which makes the most sense to you, because there have been so many great biblical scholars who disagree about it. It's not an issue that I get wrapped up in. That's just the explanation that makes the most sense to me, and I take it, and I kind of go with it, and I move on. But feel free to do your own research. You don't have to take my word for it. you you can do your own. So the next person we have up is Seth. And so this would have been the third major son that Adam and Eve had as not those other children that we clearly have a wife from that at least I think so. Anyway, Seth is up next. uh, Because we never hear from Cain again. Of course, poor Abel didn't have anybody. He gone. So up is Seth, and Seth is actually the line that everything's going to come from. What I think about, what I think is kind of cool is (laughs) when we get into this, is that you're about to learn so much Bible trivia, right? Okay, so first up is Seth fathers Enoch, and Enoch followed God and then was no more. Which means he did not die. He just God's like, hey, I follow the pastor Paul Shepherd, which if you get a chance to listen to his preaching, please do. It is phenomenal. I listen to it Monday through Friday myself. I just I absolutely adore his preaching style and he preaches the Bible straight up and down. Could not endorse him more. Just a, a really great preacher. Anyway, as uh <laughs> he is fond of saying, he's God was like, hey, I think we're closer to my house than you are. Why don't you just come with me? And he knocks like, you bet. So up he goes. Now, if you are like me and like to read the end of the book, well, even if you don't, I don't really care. Uh, You can make fun of me for it. It's not going to change the fact that if the book does not have a happy ending, chances are I'm not going to read it. Because life is sad enough, right? I don't want to read, you know, nasty hurtful endings. I've already done that. There's only one book that I really like that has a bad ending, and if you stick around, I may mention it later. It's not that big a deal. Enoch is, because Enoch didn't die, and we know that based on the curse that the wages of sin is death. If you go all the way to the end of Revelations, specifically chapters 11, 1 through 13, you see this story about the two witnesses. Most scholars, most biblical scholars believe that Enoch is going to be one of those witnesses because he didn't die and the witnesses die. Now the other one also starts with an E and we will discuss him in the Old Testament, but we are far from him yet. Uh, So stick around and we will discuss him later. But anyway, I find it really interesting that it all just kind of wraps together like that. But it is written by God. So you knew it was going to be good, right? And by the way, Revelations does end really nicely. So then the next thing you have is Enoch's son, which is Methuselah. And he was the oldest person recorded in the Bible at 969 years. Now, when I think about how old some of these people were, like when they died, or when they were going, it's like, I wondered what it was like, because they said that they, you know, started having kids, like we normally do about 20 or 30. So it's like, how did they age? you know, what did it look like? Did time pass as quickly as it seems to pass now? Was technology going as quickly then as it seems to now? I mean, obviously they didn't have computers or anything like that, but I, you know, I just wonder. The next thing we see and the next big story is Noah, Noah's Ark's fame, And I think it's really sad. This is a sad part in history. And I think that we've been there more than once. And it is only by the grace of God go we. But you know that in a very short time that there was some ish going on. Because God says that he regrets making humans. How bad do you have to be to go God regrets making you? I mean, I don't want to know if he ever felt that way about me. I assure you he doesn't. He loves all of us. He sent his son to die for us. So I don't want to give that impression off. I'm like, please, God, don't ever let me get to the part where you regret making me. But then there are those who are like, if you're worried about it, think you're fine. Anyway, all of that to say is that God regretted making humans. You did read correctly that there were demons, angels, but they're the demonic possession, uh, having sex and having children with mortal women. I often wonder, if that's where we get the stories of like Hercules and the great gods and things like that is from this. And people obviously saw something and who knows, I don't know. I'm just shooting off the cuff here. But anyway, it always makes me wonder about that. There's a lot of things going on with Noah's Ark, so I thought I would kind of dive into some of the cool things that I wanted to talk about here and kind of park here for a minute. One, most scholars believe that there was no rain before this moment, before Noah's Ark, and that the water came up from... Uh, the land, because of the atmosphere, that there was water above and there was water below. And because of this atmosphere, that is why people live so long. The other thing I think is really cool about Noah's Ark is that every major tribe, like every tribe, every people, nation, every single nation across the world all have a flood story. On top of that, there's a lot of scholars that believe that we actually, that the continent separated because of the flood. And the other thing is, is that's what many scholars believe killed the dinosaurs was the flood because we still have remnants. We still have many sea creatures that would have been around during the time of the dinosaurs and they didn't die. So I I think the flood does cover all of those things and I think it's quite fascinating. So if you are really interested in th- that stuff, there's a lot of great books out there about it. There's a lot of great links and all of that. If I can, I'll link uh, some of my favorites for you. But I, I think that that's uh, the part that fascinates me the most is the fact that every single nation, every tribe, every person has a flood story. So to me, that means clearly something happened. I mean, I remember reading Gilgamesh from World Literature Course. So I just, I find that really fascinating. And there's actually a website that you can go to and read all the different stories. Anyway, those are kind of the Noah's Ark facts. We don't know all the creatures that he's that he saved. And most people believe that they were not adults either, that these were babies. And I'm just thinking, you know, except for the mosquitoes, who wouldn't want to go down there and play with the bear cubs without worrying about a mama bear. I just think that's fascinating. Oh, um, Anyway, my own fantasies, because sometimes I dream about being in a zoo and getting to hug pandas all day. Like I, that is my job. That's what I get paid for is just to sit and hug and take care of pandas. Or my dad, I will tell you now, would love to take care of sloths. That is his thing. He loves sloths. Him and Kristen Bell. But I think about things like that. And I'm thinking, if I was on Noah's Ark, I'd be like, can I be the animal director? I have some babies I gotta go play with. (gasps) And look at their pretty puppies. My puppy's looking at me right now like I'm crazy. After Noah's Ark but before we hit Abraham, we act, Job actually happens. I know. So this is obviously well after the flood, but there are a few things I want to talk about for Job that are really going to be important because Job is easy to read and get caught up in and forget some very major pointers. So my first major point for you is that Satan is an asshat. There, I said it. Just wanted to point it out if it weren't already obvious. The other thing I like is that when Satan goes up there, the angels are not scared of him. They're not like, oh, oh no, Satan's up here. To me, I see these two angels giving each other a look like, oh God, he's back again. You know, he said he hated this place. He said he wanted to rule it. He obviously didn't. And now he keeps coming back here because he knows it is way better than anything he could have done. At least that's my take. The, (laughs) I think I'm funny. There is poor Job. And uh yeah, if anybody calls you, "Wow, you really remind me of Job." I know they mean it in a good way, but oh lord. God, can you make me like last chapter of Job and not so much the first 40? That'd be great, thanks. So poor Job. Not only does he go through all these lo- like very beginning, right off the bat. He goes through all these losses, personal, financial, and then he gets health attacks. And then he has to put up with less than understanding wife who's like, just curse God and die. And it's like, that's not how this works. And friends who are just awful. I mean, his friends are awful. So I want you to keep in mind when you're reading what his friends say, that it is okay to want to throat punch them and that they are full of crap. And you know what? You know why I say that? You know why I tell you that? Because when you read at the end, God also tells them, who do you think you are? That is all a lie. God's response also is probably a better biblical thing to telling someone to take a flying leap off a short bridge. So you might want to listen to how God did it versus how I do it because that is far better biblical response. I mean, you can't get better than God's words, right? Um, But that's where this week ends, is we are actually in the middle of poor Job, and it'll be poor Job until the very end. But that's next week's, and we will talk about that there and dealing with his quote-unquote friends. Thank you so much for listening to this very first episode. I sure hope that you join me in the second episode when we go over the end all of Job, which will make us much happier and probably bond us over our desire to call Satan an hat and throw punches, friends. But it'll be a great time. I hope you enjoyed this first episode. Again, if there are any questions, anything that you want to talk about, leave a comment. I'll read it and we'll get to it. Other than that, I hope you have a phenomenal week. And I can't wait to talk with you next week. Bye.